please follow with, along with me as I read God's word from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17, through chapter 3, verse 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17, through chapter 3, verse 13. Dear brothers and sisters, after we were separated from you for a little while, though our hearts never left you, we tried very hard to come back because of our intense longing to see you again. We wanted very much to come to you, and I, Paul, tried again and again, but Satan prevented us. After all, what gives us hope and joy? And what will be our proud reward and crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus when he returns? It is you. Yes, you are our pride and joy. Finally, when we could stand it no longer, we decided to stay alone in Athens, and we sent Timothy to visit you. He is our brother and God's co-worker in proclaiming the good news of Christ. We sent him to strengthen you, to encourage you in your faith, and to keep you from being shaken by the troubles you are going through. But you know that we are destined for such troubles. Even while we were with you, we warned you that troubles would soon come, and they did, as you well know. That is why, when I could bear it no longer, I sent Timothy to find out whether your faith was still strong. I was afraid that the tempter had gotten the best of you and that our work had been useless. But now Timothy has just returned, bringing us good news about your faith and love. He reports that you always remember our visit with joy and that you want to see us as much as we want to see you. So we have been greatly encouraged in the midst of our troubles and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, because you have remained strong in your faith. It gives us new life to know that you are standing firm in the Lord. How we thank God for you. Because of you, we have great joy as we enter God's presence. Night and day, we pray earnestly for you, asking God to let us see you again to fill the gaps in your faith. May God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ bring us to you very soon. And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow just as your love for you overflows. May he, as a result, make your heart strong, blameless, and holy as you stand before God our Father when our Lord Jesus comes again with all his holy people. Amen. May God bless the reading of his word. Thank you, Vicki. Good morning, everyone. I'm uh, saying good morning on the basis of a critique of my last week's sermon from my wife in Tunisia. (laughs) 
She said, you just get up there and go. She said, you need to at least acknowledge you have an audience. So, so Mary, if you're watching, which I know you are, I've greeted them. I'm thankful for the focus on prayer. And uh, Chalky Munson on Tuesday night with the Stevens ministry had us all break up into small groups and pray together. And it was a very, very meaningful time. And uh, I hope that all of you are in some way or another plugging into a time of prayer, whether it be through prayer triangles or at your life groups or wherever it might be, that you're, you're lifting up the body of Christ here in prayer. One of the interesting things that happens uh, with me at this point is the fact that uh, I get these little uh, notes that come to me uh, from time to time on my phone from North Africa, and uh, I just thought I'd read a few of them. Do the kids have uh, practice tonight? What time should we come over for dinner? Yes, Everbloom is having practice at 7, so we will eat at 6 each. Great to see you then. On our way. We're downstairs. Call us. The kids are available to go get ice cream at 3. At 3? Oops, yes, 3. Sure, okay. On our way. Any plans for dinner or suggestions? Let Nat and I know so we can get things started. And it goes on and on and on. The interesting thing is that's in the afternoon in Tunisia, and it's about 4 o'clock in the morning my time, so my phone goes off and I get all these silly messages. But you know what? I'm appreciative because it connects me with my family. And my family is halfway around the world, and our grandkids, our kids, my wife, they're all in Tunisia, and I just kind of like that, uh, even though it's kind of disjointed and I get a little idea of what they're up to. And I got to thinking, I wonder if the Apostle Paul would have liked Messenger or FaceTime or WhatsApp uh, because he wanted to communicate with some people that were very precious to him, the, the Christian brothers and sisters, his brothers and sisters in Christ in Thessalonica. And he didn't have the opportunity like I have of almost instant communication. I talked to Mary for a little bit before I came to church this morning. Uh, it's neat to be able to, to cement those relationships and to con communicate with, with those that we love. And I imagine all of you have had that opportunity somewhere along the line where you're geographically separated from people that you love, people that you care about, and uh, you wish that you could be there, but the next best thing is to have some form of communication. And that's what we are looking at this morning as we look at the last half of chapter 2 of 1 Thessalonians, Thessalonians and the second, uh, third chap chapter of Thessalonians. Apostle Paul is experiencing uh, this kind of separation from the brothers and sisters that he cared so much about. And he wants to know what's going on with them. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 17 through chapter 3, verse 13, the passage that Vicki read for us this morning, he demonstrates the essential relational nature of the Christian faith. Some commentators have called this epistle 
the epistle of friendship. But I think it's a lot more than simply friendship. What Paul is expressing here is the intimacy of a deep relationship with his brothers and sisters in Christ. And as I looked at this passage this week and reflected on it, it kind of came to me. Here we have a whole chapter and a half of another chapter, which is given over simply to Paul's expression of his desire to have a relationship and to be in communication with these people from Thessalonica. Now, if, if you take the whole sweep of God's great revelation of the Scriptures and you take a chapter and a half and give it only to this kind of reflection that Paul is having about his desire to communicate with them, to know what's going on with them, uh, you, it, it begins to su- suggest to us that maybe there is something to this idea of relationships and the power of Christian brothers and sisters in relationships with one another. Why would the sacred scriptures spend a whole chapter and a half just talking about this? If you look at the text, the Christian faith really calls us to live beyond ourselves and to be involved with others uh, who are brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, the passage that we're looking at from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 17 through 3, 13, is filled with expressions of how Paul felt this personal pull uh, of a relationship with the Thessalonian Christians. We're just going to look at them for a few minutes this morning. Look at chapter 2, verse 17. He says, Out of intense longing, we made every effort to see you, Chapter 2, verse 18, we wanted to come to you. Chapter 3, verse 1, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. By the way, what Paul is doing here, he's deciding to send Timothy. And you see the the kind of intimate relationship that Paul had with Timothy because he feels like, you know, he loves to have Timothy there as an encourager and as a support as he is in Athens but he desires to connect with the Thessalonians so much that he's willing to break that relationship and send Timothy off in order to be involved with them. If we so are in love with ourselves that we're wrapped up with our own agenda and our own conveniences, and we don't care about the hardships, the afflictions, the sacrifices, and the difficulties of others, uh, we'll never experience the fullness of love as Christ intended for us to represent it. Paul was willing to set aside his own convenience, his own support through Timothy, in order that he could help the Thessalonians, who he had a hint were having a struggle and were dealing with difficult times. Verse 5 of chapter 3, he says, When I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. Verse 6, he told us that you long to see us just as we also long to see you. Verse 10, night and day we prayed most earnestly that we might see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Verse 12, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow to each other and for everyone else just as ours does to you. You get the drift this hunger, this desire to know what's going on with the Thessalonians, 
to be there with them, to experience that intimacy of relationships, the power of that which drew Paul to write what we have before us this morning. John Stott, in his commentary on this text, writes this. What is this extravagant language? I've asked, sometimes asked myself, what is this loving and longing, this intolerable suspense when there was no news? And this overwhelming joy when the news is good? This affectionate care and fervent prayer, this sense of intimate solidarity with them, so that his life was wrapped up in their life and theirs in his. John Stott says, my answer is that this is the language of parents who are separated from their children, who miss them dreadfully and are profoundly anxious when they have had no news of them. Pastoral love is parental love. That is its quality. Some of you have experienced sending kids off to school. Uh, they're far away, and perhaps you don't hear from them for a while. And you wonder what's going on. You have that real hunger and desire in your heart to find out what's happening. That's what the Apostle Paul was experiencing. And I'm convinced if he had FaceTime, WhatsApp, he'd have been on there trying to find out what was happening with those that were there. The nature of relationships among Christians ought to be so strong that it is painful and agonizing when we're separated from one another. Do we have such strong involvement in the faith life of one another that we can hardly stand to be apart? We ought to be praying that God will create within us such a powerful sense of spiritual connection among us that we will struggle with any kind of separation. It should be painful for us when we can't be together. So Paul makes it abundantly clear that the reality of Christian living is a kind of intimate relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. I just realized something. I had my hand in my pocket. And my wife told me, keep your hands out of your pocket. <laughs> Mary, you're watching, I know. <laughs> That's the reality, relational reality. But as he goes on, he begins to give us reasons why it's important for us to uh, be involved with one another, to be in relationships with one another. Tough times call for a loving support. Paul realizes that being with the Thessalonians would provide him, uh, give him the opportunity of being reassured by their, uh, that his ministry was not worthless. Remember when he started in chapter 2, he said, uh, when we came to you, we didn't come uh, with kind of a worthless, it was our, our message and message was not worthless, it, it it accomplished something. Now he's looking and he's saying, uh, if I could come and see, I could reinforce that idea. I sent to you to find out about your faith, he says in chapter 3, verse 5. I was afraid that 
uh, the, in some way the tempter might have tempted you and our efforts might have been useless. He goes on and says in verses 7 through 9, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our, uh, our distresses and persecutions, Paul was being persecuted and having a difficult time in uh, Athens, we were encouraged about, because of your faith. And then he says this, Now we really live since, we, uh, since you are standing firm in the Lord. He had gotten the message back from Timothy that they were doing well. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Paul realized that he was encouraged. The reason he would have wanted to be in relationship is that he could find encouragement in what was happening in the life of the Thessalonian Christians. It would en enable Paul for the Thessalonians to encourage them. He could reinforce and encourage them in, the, his, in their faith. It would enable Paul to prop up their faith and the faith, in their face of strong persecution and problems. To strengthen, he says, and encourage you in your faith so that no one would be unsettled by their trials. It would enable Paul to fill the holes that he might see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. The reason, the rationale that God has put us together as brothers and sisters in Christ in intimate relationships is because those relationships can be of help to us. They can encourage us as we see others beginning to grow and move forward in their faith. And we can begin to find uh, encouragement for them as we encourage them in their relationships. Paul says, even though there are abundant reasons for us to be in relationships with one another, there is satanic opposition. He says, but Satan hindered us in coming to you. Now, it's interesting that in Acts chapter 16, where Paul wanted to go into uh, Bithynia and preach the gospel, uh, and he was hindered, he doesn't say Satan hindered us. He said, we were prohibited by the Holy Spirit. And so you have times when the hindrances are by the Spirit of God and God's providence, and there are other times when it is a hindrance by the, uh, the work of the evil one, Satan himself. God in his providence provided opposition to Paul's decisions. And so we have to be discerning as we think about the breakdown in relationships. Uh, is it the work of Satan, or is there something else that's being involved? When there's something powerful and spiritual uh, for nurture uh, and in the developing of interpersonal relationships, the evil one is right there to try to prevent it. Verse 18 of chapter 2, we wanted to come to you, but Satan stopped us. When we have problems connecting with one another in the Christian community, there may be a variety of presenting issues and reasons. But oftentimes at bottom, the problem is the interference of a personal devil who is trying to remove the support and the uh, encouragement that comes from those intimate relationships with one another. The National Geographic magazine some years ago talked about how lions 
use a tactical approach to hunting down their prey. Uh, they separate the individual from the pack. And at that point, they become more vulnerable. And that's exactly what the devil as the roaring lion seeks to do. He seeks to separate us from the pack, from the community, from our brothers and sisters in Christ, and to make us live out our lives alone. And we become more vulnerable at that point. While there's a strong physical pull to be physically present with our brothers and sisters in Christ, like the Apostle Paul, at times we are separated by a geographical distance. But that doesn't, de- uh, uh, that doesn't prevent us from having a ministry with one another. And Paul explains how that happens. He talks about our being involved in prayer. Day, day and night, he says, we pray most earnestly that we might see you again. We may not be able to personally minister to one another, but we can encourage one another. First of all, Paul sends Timothy uh, to rep- be his representative. Uh, Paul, Paul says that Timothy, Timothy would come to the Thessalonians and strengthen and encourage them in their faith, keep them from being disturbed by their troubles, and to bring back a report to the Apostle Paul so that he would be encouraged as well. Paul said we can also encourage one another and build relationships through our prayers for one another. Verse 10, he says, Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Verses 11 through 13, he talks about his prayers for them, a chance for for them to be together, but Satan prevented us, and he prays that God would let him see them again. He prayed that God would renew that relationship. As best we know, it was probably three years before that prayer was answered, because it was probably three years before Paul was able to come and be with the Thessalonian Christians once again. He wanted to pray that they would be increased and overflow with love for one another, that they would be strengthened in their heart, and that they would live a holy life in anticipation of the Lord's return. Finally, as you look at this text, you discover that as we are intimately involved with one another in relationships within the Christian community, even though Satan would try to uh, prevent that, And there's all kinds of reasons for us to do it. As you come to the conclusion, Paul says that there's a real reward for being involved with one another in relationship. Verse 20 of chapter 2, he says, Indeed, you are our glory and joy. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy, verse 3, chapter 3, verse 9, for all the joy we, we have in the presence of our God because of you song we used to sing as a kid, Jesus and others and you, what a wonderful way to spell joy. And what Paul is saying to us is if we as believers 
have our life fixed upon Jesus and then involve ourselves in the lives of others and then put ourselves last, we begin to discover joy. One of the joys of ministry is that opportunity to see relationships, encourage others, and to bring them along in faith. One of the things that's happened over this last year, I began ministry as a youth pastor back in the uh, late 1960s in Rochester, Minnesota. And one of the things that we did is we formed a singing group. And uh, we traveled and did outreach in coffee houses as far as Toronto, Canada. And uh, one of the fellows who was a part of that group was a fellow who had come to Christ through a Billy Graham film. And uh, it was after he had had a serious car accident and had become a paraplegic. And he was a great guitar player, and he was a part of the team, so we would haul his wheelchair around with us and put it on top of the, uh, the car as we, as we went here and there. And uh, just recently, uh, Glenn has gotten back to me and shared with me how meaningful those times were and how it had set him on a path where he continued to walk with the Lord and how joyful it is to hear from him. He used to call me about 2 o'clock in the morning, and he'd say, did I mess up your devotional time? And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, but it was one of those uh, relationships that uh, through the years has, has brought joy. And I think you understand what I'm talking about because there's probably somebody in your life that as you have encouraged them as a brother or sister in Christ and you've seen them thrive and move forward, you've discovered very much that uh, there's joy when you have good, healthy, intimate relationships that encourage and strengthen one another in the faith. There is power in the relationships that God intends for us to have within the family of God. And so for a chapter and a half, Paul is simply saying to us, I crave this relationship with you, Thessalonians. I want to know what's going on with you. And uh, you can encourage me and I can encourage you through those kinds of relationships. Yeah, there's going to be hindrances. Satan's going to try his best to break that up. But we can be confident that we have God's ability to overcome that through, through prayer and through intimate relationships. So this morning, the question, I guess, for you is, how are you doing in your relational quotient? Are you plugged in with some other people? Have you discovered the joy of being related and seeing God use that relationship to stimulate uh, growth, to stimulate vitality in another person's life? Or maybe the question is, are you faced with some relationships that are kind of rocky at this point? Uh, perhaps that is being caused by the uh, enemy who is wanting to see those relationships destroyed because he knows how much value there is for Christians to be in intimate, joyful, peaceful relationships with one another. And so perhaps this morning as you think about those relationships, you would say, Lord, I need by your power and strength to say to the, uh, the enemy, uh, be gone. And God will give you the strength to go and re resolve whatever it is that is keeping you from wanting to be a part of an intimate relationship. Let's pray.
Father in heaven, how thankful we are for your grace and mercy and that you've intended for us as believers to join together and be a part of a community, be a part of a family of God, a family of brothers and sisters in Christ who know the joy of that relationship. I pray, Father, that you would just enable us to grow deeper in our love for one another, in our relationships with one another, that we would encourage, uh, uplift, strengthen each other. We know, Father, that as a bundle of sticks tied together is stronger than one standing alone, we are stronger when we stand together with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for reminding us of this truth through Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. In Christ's name, amen.